The following podcast contains explicit language. Hold on, I'm going into the office. Which, by the way, is like basically now just like Violet's schoolroom. Our CBS pilot whiteboard is just like her schedule for the day and spelling words and office hours with teachers. So glad you did all that feng shui in there for our fortunes, Sarah. I don't think it helped. <laughs> Maybe it's helping Violet's school fortunes. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we are doing a special lightning listener questions episode. That's right. We are answering your questions and we are doing it fast. Sarah, we did this once before and everybody wanted more of it. So today is the day. Plus, it's fun. It's fun for us as well. Yes. But before we get to our questions, I want to quickly remind everyone that Gretchen and I, you know, Gretchen and I also host the Happier podcast with Gretchen Rubin. We are doing Insta Live every Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. So if you want to watch that, follow at Gretchen Rubin on Instagram and click on her profile picture and you can watch us live and it's up for 24 hours afterwards. So you can tune in whenever you'd like. And we also wanted to remind people that we have a Facebook group, which is a positive, practical place to connect during this whole COVID-19 situation. Um, we check in there all the time. It's For me, it's one of the things along with your Insta Live that is keeping me sane. Mostly sane. Yes. And what's <laughs> nice about it is whatever time of day it is, you can go and engage there because someone's yes. always up in some part of the world. Absolutely. So just search Facebook for Happier in Hollywood, ask to be let into the Facebook group, and we will let you in. All right, Liz, should we dive in let's to the questions? do it. Okay. Okay. And let's remind each other to be fast. If we start yes, going lightning. on and on, we must stop ourselves. Okay. Okay. Mary asks, what is most enjoyable about writing for television? For me, it's making friends with other writers. How about you? Mm, for me, it's the sort of early part of the process where you're just like totally creative with no restrictions. That's good. And then Ramona said, why do editors have letters at the end of their names and credits? Why don't other people or cast members have these credits? Also, when an actor gets an executive producer credit, what does that mean exactly? Okay, well, I'll start with the editor one because I looked this up. It means that they are members of the American Cinema Editors, which is a professional society, and you have to have a certain level of expertise and experience in order to be able to join. Okay, and as for actors, it can mean anything. It can just mean the actor is a powerful person who is able to get an EP credit and therefore more money, or it can mean the actor is very involved in what happens on the show. It can mean literally anything. <laughs> okay, and then Heather says, the recordings from the beginning of each episode, where do they come from? Do you constantly have your voice memo app going so you don't miss any great ideas? 
Yeah, we each sort of randomly record at various times without telling the other we're recording. Yes, if we think something interesting is about to be said. <laughs> yes. And then sometimes if we say something interesting that we think would be a great opener, we will reenact. Yes, we will. Mary says, in terms of trying to write more or focusing on pitching, what would be the best thing for an unrepresented writer to do right now? And do you think the current situation will make it easier or harder for newer writers to get hired for the next few years? Ugh. Okay. I do think right now is going to be harder for new writers because the whole interview process, everything is just thrown into chaos. I think people everything are... is harder for everyone and yes. therefore much harder for newer people. As for what I would focus on if I was unrepresented, I have to say writing because people can read your writing. Not too many people are going to want to hear a pitch from a brand new writer. 100% agree. Okay, Kimberly says, are spec scripts still a thing that people want to see? What are some popular shows that would be good to write a spec script for? I think most people don't want to see spec scripts of existing shows. We think they're a good idea, but most people don't want to read them. The exception to that, Sarah, is I believe a lot of the programs that people apply for do require spec scripts. So what you want to do is check that. Because if you want to apply to those programs, you very well may need specs. What's a good show? Better Call Saul, I think a lot of people have seen, and it's been around for a long time, Westworld. Hmm. There are so many. Those are just two that spring to mind. Yeah. And what is sort of close to what you want to be doing? Right. If you're interested in CW shows, for instance, pick a CW show you love to do. Yeah. Okay. And then, Liz, I think this one is for you. Do you drive a lot now, Emma says? I've been listening since you started driving and have been so curious about your habits. <laughs> well, I don't drive a lot right now because I'm not <laughs> going anywhere. But yes, in general, I do. Although Sarah always drives to meetings. I drive to her house and then she drives because I still detest driving if I don't know where I'm going. Amanda asks, what's with the theme episodes that you see in different shows? Like Bones and Psych had an Old West Town episode. Roller derby, wineries, etc. These really niche things you see over and over. I think it's just something everyone can rally around in the writer's room. Yeah, I think especially if a show's been going on for a long time and you're like, what are we doing? You can go Old West episode and everyone's like, yes, that. And you kind of know how to make that happen. And Amanda also commented that Buffy was a show that had really great theme episodes, but they never did any of the standard theme episodes. Right. They really took it to a whole other level. Yeah, everyone should watch Hush, which was the episode of Buffy where no one could talk. Oh, amazing. I want to say for the record, my least favorite episode of 30-something ever was when they did the <laughs> old-timey flashback episode. Yeah, they can go horribly awry. Okay, Terry said, you may have already covered this, but I'm wondering what happens as the pandemic stay-at-home orders persist and shows networks run out of content in the can. Do we suddenly end up in the all-reruns-all-the-time world of the 80s and 90s summers? I mean, I know talk shows are doing remote production, but I can't imagine that being a possibility for scripted shows. And then there are shows like The Voice, where live shows are supposed to start in May. Basically, I'm wondering if the impact in the entertainment world will start to be felt in a new way as the effects of the pandemic extend. Yeah, I think it's mm -hmm. going to be a real problem. I think shows like The Voice might try to do something remotely. They possibly could. 
But yeah, I think we're going to start seeing reruns at some point. Studios and networks are already trying to figure out how to get people back to work. There are lots of people right now trying to figure out a way to do that safely. So I think probably production will be up sooner than we honestly expect. And I'm in some ways glad not to be running a show right now because I think it would be really hard to be on the kind of cutting edge of that. It's going to be really, really tricky. Yes. Maggie asks, what does an average day look like for you two? Do you have a schedule or is it more flexible? How much time spent on HIH versus your TV writing and other projects? It varies. Mm -hmm. We either usually talk at 1030 or 230 or both. It partly depends on the whole remote learning situation right now. Yes. Your schedule is more flexible than mine. Yes. I'm trying to kind of keep work stuff, like official work stuff, between like 10.30 and 12 and 2 or 2.30 and 4 and 4.30, because then I can work all of the remote learning stuff around that. But we also talk on the phone whenever we need to talk on the phone. And we're having Zoom meetings you know, I don't know how much time is spent percentage wise on what versus what, but we are right now spending the majority of our time sort of figuring out our next TV job. Yeah. So it's reading a lot of stuff. It's doing a lot of Zoom meetings. It's talking mostly, honestly, it's reading stuff. Yeah. Which is nice for me because I can read while Violet does her classes and like, that's such a flexible thing. And then Tammy asked, what are your Enneagram types? You know, we talked about this in an episode with Michael Melcher. And since this is the lightning episode, I'll just say, look it up. Michael Melcher, Enneagram. I don't remember mine. Um, I thought mine was a one, but I could be wrong. Someone says they think I'm a three. So I don't know. I know. Now I want to go back and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she also asked, what are your most helpful self-care practices? Well, the treadmill desk is one for me and my sauna. Mine's the treadmill. I don't have my treadmill desk right now. Um, And I'm doing a lot of um, skincare routine right now, which makes me feel (laughs) good because I feel like normally I don't spend that much time on it. So silver lining. Nice. And then Megan said, where do people find scripts to read, like to get better at writing scripts? Mm -hmm. If this is an obvious question, maybe someone can just post the answer. And you know what? We actually don't know the answer to this, but people did in fact post the answer. Someone said there are Facebook groups that can help. The Writer's Arc, which is A-R-C, all caps. Writing Community is another one. LATV Writers is another one. And Writers Guild Foundation Library once it reopens. So there are lots of online resources where you can find scripts, which is amazing. Sharman asks, what is your ritual to be ready to be in the mood for the creative writing process? Well, I will say (laughs) our belief is you shouldn't have to be in a mood. I think Gretchen and I talked about the mise en place idea that you do things to sort of prepare and that sort of automatically puts you in the mood. So mine is having my computer and having something to drink and having my icebreakers. Oh, yes. Your icebreakers are key for you. I don't know that I have one. Like, I just kind of carry my iPad around all the time and then sit down. It's hard because now I feel like it's not possible to really do any rituals. You know, and we do have our thing of like, once you do this as your job, you have to just be able to do it. Yeah. You have to always be in the mood. Yes, exactly. Gosh, I really don't think I have 
a ritual anymore. Sitting somewhere comfortable. Okay. Eh. <laughs> That's the best I can do. Susan asked, how did you get started? And also lightning episode, I will say we did an episode, I think fairly early on called What's Your Story? What's your story? Where we talked about our kind of origin story and the story that we give whenever we're in meetings. So check out that episode. It's so nice because now you can Google podcasts. You can just like type in happier in Hollywood. What's your story? And it'll come right up. I do it all the time. It's amazing. Right. Christy asked, do you have any paid script consultants you would recommend for someone writing a first pilot? Thanks. Yes, definitely recommend Jen Grisanti. That's G-R-I-S-A-N-T-I. She used to be an executive and now she's really good at helping people write scripts. And also Carol Kirshner, who was a guest on the podcast. Um, she does the CBS and the Writers Guild writing programs. She's an entertainment career coach and she coaches writers. So Jen Grisanti and Carol Kirshner. We know them both. They're both awesome. Yes. Coming up, we answer the question, what do we wear to feel super confident? But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, we're back with a question from Jennifer. She said, what do each of you wear when you want to feel super confident and put together? Liz, what do you wear? Well, if it's in person back in the day, a month ago, <laughs> I like to wear jeans, heels, a shirt, and a blazer. You know, I'm very into the blazer thing right now. I don't feel comfortable wearing a blazer on Zoom, so that I am still figuring out. How about you? I have two. Sometimes I will wear a dress, like a really comfortable, nice, but casual because, you know, we are writers, dress. And sometimes I like to wear like a silk blouse with jeans and cool shoes. Yeah. Those are my go-tos. Okay. Laura said, do you foresee an uptick in escapist themes in film and TV or any specific genres in general based on the current world situation? It's a great question. We have been discussing this. Um, who knows? I think so. I think people are going to want lighter fare. At the same time, I think what's going to be out of fashion is just like super rich people. Yes. I just feel like it just feels out of step right now. Mm -hmm. So something like Dynasty I wouldn't feel off to me. But that's just my opinion. Not the time for Dynasty. I totally agree. 
Okay, and then Rachel says, when you're considering a new, quote, baby writer for staffing, how many writing samples do you expect them to have? Well, one good one. One great one. Yes, yep. one fantastic writing sample will get you any job. No matter um, what your level. Yes, but you should have two. Start with the one fantastic one and go from there. Yeah. Andy says, in today's episode, you shared your thoughts on what makes a good idea. I loved hearing that process as an outsider. Have you ever passed on an idea or thought it wasn't a good one and then saw it made later and be well done? Yes, absolutely. We have uh, many a time. Sometimes we pass on an idea, not because we don't think it's a good idea, but because we don't think we're the right people to do it. And sometimes we don't think it's a good idea and someone else moves forward with it and does it. And it's amazing. But if we had been tackling it, it wouldn't have been done that way. And we've also seen things we thought weren't good ideas go forward and be like, yep, we told you that wasn't a good (laughs) idea. Exactly. But it happens. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Genevieve says, what's the difference between what your manager will do versus your former agent and what is the same? You know what? We are going to do an episode where we talk to Diane, our new manager, about that exact thing. So we'll save that. Yes. We haven't asked her this yet, but we're just hoping she'll say yes. (laughs) Connie Ann asks, is it a little bit of a relief that your two shows didn't get picked up with everything going on in the world? Good question. Um, Not really. I still wish they were picked up. (laughs) For me, yes. Yeah, definitely. I am honestly glad not to be sort of trying to climb that mountain right now. We're climbing other mountains, by the way, just not that particular one. Shane asks, when you're hiring writers, do screenwriting contest placements factor at all into the decision, assuming they tick the right personality boxes? If you've won a contest or not, doesn't matter to us when we're actually hiring. But I could imagine if an agent said, hey, they won such and such contest, it might make us more likely to read. So in that sense, yes. Yes, absolutely. And then Melissa says, do you ever struggle with feeling you are just not enough? I have 25 years of experience and know how to get things done in my profession, but I struggle with feeling not good enough and not having the secret magic playbook that everyone else seems to have. I mean, for me, this is probably, uh, you know, this is an albatross that I live with every night at 4 a.m. So, yes. Yes. You? Absolutely. Someone commented underneath, let's form a club. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think this is a very, very, very common way to feel. I 100% feel that way. Yes. And then Jessica wrote, I was thinking of this question while listening to the Office Ladies podcast. Angela Kinsey is barely like her character's personality. You two write about some intense topics. How do you separate your work mindset from your non-work mindset? I work in food safety, so I bring my work mindset home with me. But how do you keep from doing that when you are writing about darker subjects or characters that are villains? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I think actors are actors because they like to step outside themselves and be someone that they're not. And writers are writers because we like to do the same thing and kind of explore and examine these other characters and these other worlds. But it can be difficult. Yeah, what I will say is once I had a child, I no longer wanted to write anything about 
a child in danger, about pedophiles, about children being tortured. I just don't want to go there. Yeah. Before you had a kid, it wasn't as bad. I was fine. I didn't mind <laughs> yeah. it. Before I had a kid, I'd all day long write about a pedophile, but no longer. No more. Laurie Joe says, like most of us, I've been binging old TV shows and came across Lie to Me, uh, which we were writers on. Were the actors coached to achieve the exact correct micro expressions because they were always such perfect examples? How many books did you consult in the course of that series? Can you recommend a good one that I could read? Okay, well, yes, they were coached. We had a consultant who the show was actually based on. Yeah, the show was based on uh, the work of Paul Ekman, and he has written several books. So any book by Paul, you should absolutely read. And he consulted on the show. He was available. He, we would do <laughs> Zoom meetings, really, with yeah. him fairly regularly. And so, yeah, we had tons of great information coming in from him on that show. Coming up, we answer a tough question about how to deal with feeling like you're being taken advantage of and working crazy hours at work. But first, this break. Okay, Liz, Anonymous wrote, what should you do if you're working on a show and you feel like they're taking advantage of you? Working extremely long hours, seven days a week with endless late night rewrites, especially if you're a writer earlier in your career and you don't have other clear writing gig options, particularly in a pandemic. Very tough situation. Well, let's just say we really feel for you. Yeah. Yeah. My answer, TV writer to TV writer, is to put up with it as much as you possibly can. It's kind of the way it goes sometimes. And early in your career, you have to do whatever it takes. But beyond that, if setting boundaries often works, but it often doesn't. Yeah. It's really tricky because I want to say set boundaries, stick to your boundaries, take care of yourself, but only you can kind of gauge the situation and know how much of that you can get away with and how much of it is worth accepting because you're getting something you need right now from the job, which is, I hope, being paid and some level of security. I think in a way you sort of answer your own question when you put particularly in a pandemic. Yeah. It's tricky all the time and it's trickier now than it usually is. But within that context, try and set boundaries and take care of yourself. Yes. And I hope it works out however it works out. Yes. Okay, Mike asks, if you were writing a series for HBO or Netflix and could push past the boundaries of network television, which boundary would you be most interested in pushing? Language, violence, sex, something else? Well, I think language for sure, just because it's hard to use broadcast language. I mean, it's just unnatural. I think it's more like subject matter. I don't think we care to show a lot of sex and violence, but we'd like <laughs> to talk about adult subject matter. See, my response was all of them. I want to uh, push all of the okay. boundaries. Mostly language because it is so constraining not to just be able yeah. to say fucking shit. Yeah. All of them. Okay. Well, I'll go with that. All <laughs> okay. of them, Mike. And finally, Sarah, we have one last question um, for you. How is Sarah's weaving going and her spinning, etc.? How is it going? Oh, Kelly, you're so nice to ask. Horribly, absolutely horribly. <laughs> I haven't woven one thing since this lockdown began. 
and I have spun for maybe a total of 20 minutes. All of the other things that I have to do now have really messed with my crafting. <laughs> but you have spent a lot of time <laughs> disinfecting various grocery products. That's taken I'm, the place of your spinning uh, time. I'm excellent at that. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for the questions. That is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com or, of course, go to our Facebook group. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. <laughs> oh, Liz, someone's asking which episode of Buffy did Jane Espenson write in 24 hours. Do you remember? I have no idea. But I do remember when she was doing that, she took a break to watch Gilmore <laughs> Girls and Celebrity Mole. Hosted by oh none other than Anderson Cooper, by the way. Oh, my God. She's a machine. A brilliant machine. She is. From the Onward Project. <laughs>